0: We can develop materials that are uh, very much um, uh, similar to leather because they're made of the same stuff as leather, but they can actually explore entirely new design, performance, and functionality. And we do go through a tanning process, but because we don't need to remove hair, flesh, and fat, um, our tanning process is actually uh, much cleaner, uh, uses lower amounts of chemicals, uh, and more efficient. So the implications of biofabrication are actually quite profound at many levels, um, for the manufacturer, for the designer, uh, for the consumer, and of course, for the planet. So for the manufacturer um, for the manufacturer, all of a sudden, you can go from an oh let me go back for the manufacturer uh, all of a sudden, you can go from a process that is subtractive. Uh, to one that is additive. So rather than having to take, um, uh, raise animals in the field and transport them to slaughter and remove their hide and remove the hair, flesh, and fat from that hide, partially tan that uh, uh, material and then ship it halfway around the world, all of a sudden you can grow what you need. You can grow the collagen, you can do it very efficiently using these giant brew tanks, and then you can ship that collagen to where you actually need it to be able to convert it into the materials that you want to make. So it's a completely additive process rather than a highly subtractive one. Also, you take um, a process that takes years to raise an animal in the field um, and tens of thousands of miles to ship the animal and then the the hides, because typically most animals are raised very far from where most leather is tanned these days, and you can collapse that into less than two weeks and much fewer material miles. And in fact, it's about a week to run the, the fermentation, to run the brewing, and it is uh, about a week or less than a week to convert the collagen into material. So think about that. All of a sudden, you can have uh, a biofabricated leather on demand within less than a week. This can enable lean supply chains and just-in-time manufacturing. For designers, the implications are also quite exciting. Rather than have to work from uh, what you get off the back of an animal and basically salvage usable pieces of it, all of a sudden you can uh, think about taking your design thinking into the material and engineer it to the forms that you want to make. And rather than being limited uh, to just um, choosing uh, pre-existing materials and working with a, a fairly limited palette, all of a sudden you can tune the properties of this materials virtually endlessly, because the design and the performance and the functional properties that you can dial in are virtually unlimited. And in fact, you can create zonal properties, you can create variable topographies, you can create all kinds of different physical properties to the material that can be quite exciting from a design point of view. So if you're a designer, you can take your design thinking beyond the product and into the material, which then allows you to have materials that are tailored for products, or materials that show up differently on different products and with different brands. So rather than you know going into um, a department store or a mall and seeing all these different items that are made virtually of the same materials, all of a sudden you can have individuality or differentiation in the materials themselves, not just in the product design. For the consumer, all of a sudden you, can, you take an industry which has been fairly opaque, I mean after all, um, how many consumers have been you know, invited uh, to see, um, to visit a slaughterhouse? Um, or, or see how uh, livestock is treated um, in the final you know, weeks and months of its life? And you can turn it into an experience that's much more akin to a brewery. And in fact, breweries or distilleries are are much more inviting environments. So you take a a fairly opaque process and you can make it quite transparent. So the way it's made all of a sudden becomes part of what the object is or part of what the materials are. And importantly, um, historically, sustainability, um, it's a very, very Powerful concept. It's a great aspiration, but it has been associated with compromise, having to make do, having to make do with uh, with materials that either don't perform as well or are much more expensive. And by uh, biofabricating, all of a sudden we can enable materials that are um, uh, that can perform well, that can enable new design possibilities, that can be premium. And sustainable. It doesn't become an ore, uh, a trade-off. And then of course for the planet, um, rather than being, we can think beyond the resource limits of this planet, because after all, livestock is one of the largest users of land, uh, water, and one of the biggest contributors of greenhouse gas emissions. So if we can make leather materials without having to rely on livestock, that's a breakthrough. And of course, rather than making this wonderful material of leather from sentient life, all of a sudden, we can make this material with life um, and not have to exploit sentient life to do it. So biofabrication is a fairly new concept. It's manifesting itself in uh, leather materials and silk and other materials. But as you can see, there's multiple layers to this. So how do we explain this? What do we call this? This is something we've been wrestling with at modern meadow. And people have been asking us uh, for years now, what are you going to call it? Um, and you know, modern meadow, biofabricated leather materials, just doesn't roll off the tongue. So very excited to share with you that this fall, uh, we finally gave our baby a name, um, and we decided to call it oh, can we go back to call it Zoa. Now, why Zoa? Zoa derives from the Greek term zoe, which means life. And you might have heard this term in, in, in other words like zoo, or if you've ever talked to a zoologist, or you, you might have read about or learned about protozoa or hydrozoa or metazoa. It is basically a very powerful concept to be able to celebrate life and to be able to grow materials with life. And so that's very much what we wanted to capture with these materials. Biofabrication is about celebrating life. It also helps that the middle name of my oldest daughter is Zoe. So so let me show you examples of zoa. This is zoa. And as you can see, it comes in many forms. It's a world of materials. This is an example of zoa uh, that's made in a sheet form, and it it has a natural grain to it, Um, but because we um, are assembling these materials in entirely new ways, we can also tan it in a liquid form. And we can, we can work with it in a liquid form. So just think about it, liquid leather. So this is an example of, of ZOA that we've worked with in a liquid form. And if you can work with it in a liquid form, all of a sudden it enables not just new materials, but new construction possibilities. So we, this is an example of us taking two different fabrics so we took a fabric and we cut a circle out of it, and then we took a, um, a, a smaller circle made of a different fabric, and we joined them with ZOA in liquid form. So you can see that here ZOA is is integrated with the outer fabric, spans a gap, and then is also integrated with the inner fabric. So it all of a sudden becomes a seam, a way of, of combining uh, textiles without stitching. And if you can work within liquid form, you know you can assemble um, items without cutting or gluing. So this is an example of something made out of zoa, um, where we didn't use any, we didn't cut and we didn't glue. Um, we just worked with zoa in its liquid form. And if you can work with it in a liquid form, um, this was a provocation that we did to show that you can actually also spray it on. So this is an example of zoa that was sprayed onto silk. So think about it: leather as a mist. And one of the other possibilities is that we can create all kinds of uh, patterns and and geometries. So here's an example of the natural grain of ZOA combined with a geometrical grain. So all of a sudden you've got new topographies. And um, here's an example of ZOA where we show, again, a different topography, and this idea that we can create zonal properties, so the way that the material can behave in one area is different than the way it can behave in another area. So we weren't expecting um, to unveil ZOA uh, this fall. We were expecting to show up for the first time with partners next year. But then earlier this year, we got a call from Paula Antonelli at the Museum of Modern Art and she asked if uh, we could make an item that could be included in the Items as Fashion Modern exhibit. And as many of you know, when MoMA decides to do an exhibit on fashion, well, that's a very rare and special moment. They haven't done one in 70 years. So this was an opportunity we couldn't pass up. And when we were looking through the list of what are the items that we, we could reinterpret, because Paula had asked us to um, reinterpret an item as a prototype uh, for this exhibit, We wanted to go with an item that uh, you would not typically think of as being made of leather. And we wanted to go with an item that was not strongly associated with another brand. We wanted it to be a provocation of what are the new things you can do with a new material. So we picked uh, the graphic tee, the graphic t-shirt, which, as many of you know, is the blank canvas of fashion. And it's also the garment of revolutionaries. So we very much wanted to embrace this idea that this is indeed a material revolution. So you can see this t-shirt was made with ZOA, and what we did is we took a a simple t-shirt, we took it apart into pieces, and we used ZOA in its liquid form to reassemble the pieces and actually substituted cotton with mesh in a few areas. So you can see this is another example of not just ZOA working as a new material, but as a new uh, way of manufacturing. This t-shirt was reassembled without any stitching. by by having ZOA work in its liquid form. And then we also did a pop-up in SOHO as an exhibit to show some of the design possibilities around ZOA in its liquid form. And this is something we intend to continue to educate the public about what biofabrication is and what are the design possibilities it can enable. Thanks for listening to the Business of Fashion podcast. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating and subscribe today. Don't forget to visit businessoffashion.com to learn more about BOF and everything that we do.